joined right now by Rick Flair and Chad Bronstein, Tyson 2.0 chairman. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the partnership Rick has going on with Tyson 2.0 uh, premium cannabis company. But uh, Rick, you're in the headlines again. Your your in-ring return is happening. You, you know, every day it seems like something new comes out. Uh in-ring return, the horsemen are re- reuniting, you have big plans for StarCast. Uh, tell me a little bit about how that all happened and maybe what you're expecting from it. Um, you know, I, I've never been happy with the way I left. Um, I, I When I left after WWE, it was great, but then I had to wrestle a couple more times um, because I was paying lawyers and paying alimony. That's basically the nuts and bolts of it. A lot of both and um but i wasn't happy with that at all i wasn't happy with myself and then i saw vince at wrestlemania saw steve out there and uh it actually really inspired me to read i've I've been thinking about it but i've been lucky even though i've had you know my fair share of issues i don't have any aches or pains if that makes sense it's insanity i mean i broke my back in airplane crash Doctor told me I'd be totally arthritic at the age of 40. I'm 73. So then I cracked C5 and 6 in my neck. And it shrunk my tricep a little bit, but my neck's good. And everybody knows about four years ago when I got a 5% chance to live, and I went live through that. So then I had four heart operations in seven weeks, and I made it through that. So and now I started working out down here when I came to Tampa with Rob, who's John Cena's personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And he, we did that swab. You know, everybody's been wanting me to do that for years. That your ancestry and all that, right? And so it came back that elite. He'd never seen one. <laughs> so I said, maybe I got one more in me. So my son-in-law Conrad has his theme called Starcast. That he does around events around the same time that the WWE has a big event and. Um, he said, what do you think about having one more match? And I said, yeah. I mean, I, any name didn't think twice about it. So that before I said yes, I went over and wrestled the guy with Jay Lethal. Just because I had to go over, kind of like I had to get on an airplane the first time after I broke my back in an airplane crash. A lot of us here, so I let him slam me a couple of times. That, because the only fear I really had is that this thing could come unplugged, but the doctor said I have so much scar tissue around it now that I'm good to go. So... Mm-hmm. I went to that. So obviously I have to really get, you know, work on my reflexes, my timing and that, but the fear factor is over. So something I want to do and I feel like I'll be better and give a, a better accounting of myself than I did 15 years ago, 12 years ago. Uh, no. that, I'm, I'm, I'm confident of it. No, you just highlighted uh, a lot of the health issues you've had in recent years. Was, was it something you had to like, do testing to get cleared or, you know, no, no, WB, like WB would never clear me to get in the ring. No, no, no. I mean like for, you know, your, maybe your personal doctor you talked to and was like, yeah. Hey, here's what I have planned. And yeah, you know. told me. Oh, my heart doctor, mm-hmm. you know, you can only ask so many people. I've had four different heart doctors, three different internists. When you get as sick as I got, you know, you, you run into complications that nobody ultimately wants to take responsibility of. <laughs> so, but I met, met Dr. Doctor, I met down at Auburn University. Uh, I respect him. I like him. He understands how I tick. And he uh, he said, hey, the worst that can happen is it becomes unplugged and then you got to plug it back in. 
but I, I feel great. I'm knock on wood. I mean, don't, the only other thing that could possibly cause any issues is by I've had equilibrium problems a couple times mm-hmm. from taking headshots, but I haven't had that in a long time either. So I'm not anticipating that. I just have to really go to work on my hand-eye, not my, on my hand-eye coordination, but on my quickness through drills, quick up and down, up and down. And then the wrestling part of it is just bingo. It's easy. Yeah, it's just hit myself in the max, probably better shape than I was when I wrestled Sean. And not cosmetically. Now, cosmetically, I'm going to wear a shirt, okay? <laughs> just sticking. No, yeah. give my heads up. Don't worry. Rick, you're still, you're still in pretty amazing shape. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I am, but I, I, I'm, I'm a cosmetic nightmare. But the one thing that, huh? while you're 30 or 73, people, I, the way Rick dances is, uh, you know, not many people can dance, can dance all that and dance no longer. <laughs> Wait till I get a 2.0. <laughs> uh, I, I think I if I'm mistaken who said it, but I think it was Conrad that said he he kind of wanted it to be going out on your terms, give you something to go out on top. Um, mm-hmm. which you know you, I think you appreciate on one level, but the match is being promoted under Jim Crockett promotions yeah, too. So what does that mean to you to sort of get to compete? For JCP, well, no, one more time. That was my, that was the prime of my life, best times of my life, prime of my life, and uh, you know, like the horsemen are getting together again. It's, it's it's a huge weekend for any. You know, I'm lucky that there's a lot of nostalgia right now in the wrestling business. A lot of nostalgia. There isn't a lot of sports, but our business, because the guys that were so good for so long, but basically are just falling by the wayside, and it's basically a whole new, a whole new. Uh, uh, group of talent you know that's got mm-hmm. you know there are decades behind us and actually i think the, the way you get to be great is not only your ability but it's the length and time frame that you're like randy orton has just done been on top 20 years ago that's hard to do my daughter's been on top for nine consecutive years it's really easy to go up and go down go up and down but to stay on top kind of like i tell chad chad's 34 years old Never seen anybody that he, he doesn't go like this. And the way that's not, and you have to hang around with Chad or be with him. It's always, it's always aggressive. It's always real. And if he says something, he makes it come true. And that's why we've connected just like that. He, he, he thinks just like I do. He's a lot smarter than I am, but I mean, he knows what I'm, that I'm, oh. he knows I'm real. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. Rick's Rick. Rick's again insulting himself. Yeah, he's just as uh, he, no, I, I. I know. But I'm saying the reason why I chose to when I met Rick and I I approached Rick was and this is Dr. Tyson 2.0. Is I grew up watching Rick, right? And back to the nostalgic value. I don't. I'm not a fan of many, but I I say with Rick is like he was the best wordsmith, best performer, best entertainer, like all, across the board. And so for me, when you're a marketing guy you look at Rick, not just by who he is as a person, because that's that's another thing is you don't want to work with a, um, any talent. Rick would agree with this. Like you don't want to work with people you don't like. So there, so we, we and Rick connected and this the opportunity is like when Rick goes to WrestleMania or anywhere we go, like people flock towards him. And it's not just because he's Rick Flair, it's because who he is as a person. And I think that for us is, you know, resonates with what we're building at Tyson 2.0 is that we want people like Rick and Mike that, really treat their fans well and that love what they do and that fans know that's authentic. And because not everyone ha- gives that authentic approach out to people. 
Tyson 2.0, uh, the company's mission statement is to produce innovative, high-quality cannabis products. Uh, you know, cannabis in recent years has been used recreationally, therapeutically for, you know, you hear about it being talked in sports medicine circles. But uh, just as soon as I heard this, it was like, okay, Mike Tyson and Ric Flair, like it makes all the sense in the world. Pot, two pop culture icons, to, you know, kings of their own respective sports. Is this something that you really have to make like a hard sell on? Or is this just like, Hey guys, let's get together. Here's the pitch. No, no. I mean, first off, when I met Rick, I had, he says it was easy, but it wasn't. I had a hard sell Rick and educate him on uh, what he was. He he, he, we had a great relationship, but uh, it's not easy to go to a cannabis market. Let's be very clear. And Francesca and Maria know this from, because they work a lot of cannabis brands. It's not easy to go and get a big MSO or a cannabis operator to say, I want to work with a celebrity. And the reason being is because all the product around the United States is limited. And so they, they're ready to deal with 280E. So when it comes to working with a celebrity, you have to, you're paying an additional cost. And so the celebrity game has been hard to get national scale, right? Because then you're, it's just, it's not easy and it's state by state. And that what we did that was different was we, we did a deal with Columbia Care and some of the other MSOs. We have 20 states that we're in. So we launched Tyson in 20 states. When I met Rick, I went to people and I said, would you, would you um, work with Rick Flair if we launched a cannabis brand? Because you got to make sure that they're willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And kind of I'm sure the same reaction you have to Rick is like everyone that we talked to was a fan. There's nostalgic ability. And then if Rick comes to a dispensary and, and, um, and people know that Rick you know, he's limousine riding, he's jet flying. There's a lot of different way feelings you can create and emotions you can create around Rick and what he's done. And so, um, you know, I've gotten the pleasure and I think you'll hear this interview is like Rick's become an expert fast. And the way he talks about it, it's very sincere because he wasn't a big weed smoker. Mike's a huge weed smoker. Rick wasn't until recently where he wasn't sleeping and he had struggles and he, he, you know, edibles really helped him out. And he started to get educated like I did when I jumped and started FIBO. I, I wasn't a big weed smoker when I started FIBO. And I learned a lot about it and how it works. So I think the authenticity of Rick and Mike is why multi-state operators are willing to work with them. And, and then the, when they come to their dispensaries, which we've done a lot of tours, and Rick's about to go on tour, um, it's very fun for both the consumer and the retailer when Rick and Mike show up and the level of, you know, uh, audience that comes and it's, it's pretty big. So I think that's, that's what their selling points is that they, a five-year-old knows who they are and your great grandfather or grandmother knows who Ric Flair and Mike Tyson are. And so I think that's why they resonate. Like Rick was saying, the consistency of who they are and the relevance they continue to create is why, um, operators want to work with them. Oh, I, I mentioned, you know, this is the branding, the promotional aspect, but, uh, and you guys are trying to get into more states. Uh, you mentioned, I think you said 20 you're in right now. So we are in 20 states. Um, we are launching the Ric Flair drip line, right? We'll be out in, we'll be out in about a month in California. Um, we're taking a, you know, we're spending a lot of time on really, a, you know, there's a lot of cool vintage um, work we're doing to create the proper packaging for the Ric Flair drip. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tease out here is that we are going to be launching a, uh, like Mike bites, but woo choose. Um, and there'll be collaborate and there'll be collaboration. Woo choose. Hmm, exactly. That was Mike bites. Woo choose. 
<laughs> and uh, like, and so you'll see collaborations between Mike and Rick uh, quite a bit. But I think you know we did an episode on hotboxing, and when you read the comments on YouTube, I think everyone was in shock when they got to hear Mike and Rick on a podcast together. It made up a lot of people's dreams come true by having those two on and just talking about wrestling. So there's just so much we can do between the two of them, and then the product is premium, premium product, and um, you're going to see both cannabis and you're going to see um, CBD Delta eight Delta nine products that are coming out between Mike and Rick as well. So there's THC and then there's going to be the CBD side of it too. Yeah. That, that episode was actually very enjoyable to watch. Uh, if you guys want to, you know, anybody listening or I'll drop, you know, a link in the written article, but uh, it, it was just so wild to like watch you guys. Like literally it wasn't even like an interview. It was just kind of like hang to, you know, I think there was four or five of you on set, like shooting the breeze, like talking about, you know, what I would do different. Um, There's a good quote about like uh, Rick was talking about what advice he would give, you know, today's people. And, you know, uh, there's just something natural, like the chemistry is there and you said it's, it's very who, authentic. Who, who so would I say not as I did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> it might have gotten me to worry him now, but it's not socially acceptable anymore. <laughs> uh, nope. Uh, you know, it, it brings up a, a good point. You know, you're, you're doing this now. Do you think, and it's, it's kind of a stretch to say like, oh, what if this was legal back then? Or what if marijuana was more li- widely available, but you're using it now for a sleep issue but do you think that would have helped with like drinking and i have heard other wrestlers say like i i I can't really say that but i know i I can tell you right now that two of the biggest problems i don't and i'm not just going to put it in the wrestling business but in sports is getting up and getting down you know a lot of guys need to that lift in the morning whether it be an energy drink or something we have me me it's coffee right but when you run as hard as we do and it's four o'clock in the morning, you know, it's a much, 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 much safer. I mean, I can give a thousand examples of reasons why to have a, a, a chew or woo chew or um, a sleeping aid as opposed to a Xanax or um, what's that stuff we used to take to sleep with? Um, I don't know, another prescription drugs. I mean, ambience. Uh, huh? Ambient, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Christ, we all ate Xanax and Ambience. Not, I mean, not ate, but to sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, something of, especially on international tours, you know, where you're going to get off the plane and go to work that night. I think you saw it. I think you, you lost get off the plane and go to the hotel and lay down for a day and get ready. This isn't like getting ready for a, a UFC fighter. In our, in our day, we got off the plane, went to the arena, and then we didn't get to bed at four o'clock the next morning. And that, and that really, uh, when I was younger, when I was traveling the world as the NBA world champion, I mean, it, it, you know, it's hard to believe I could be in one week, Sydney, Australia, St. Louis, Tokyo, Japan, and back to Atlanta, Georgia in one week. And wrestling an hour at each time. <laughs> you didn't have time. You didn't know where you were sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, this is a question for both of you, but there's been reports that uh, WWE is 
relaxing on their policy for marijuana. Nobody's really said it uh, outright like, oh, yeah, we're not getting fined or we're laid back on it a little bit. But when you hear something like that or you're looking at it from a marketing perspective or an endorsement perspective, is that a conversation that when you hear something like that, you're like, all right, let's go talk to them. Let's see if maybe there's a partnership that we can strike or maybe we can see how to bridge the gap between using it, you know, for maybe a regulated use for recover, you know, recovery from injuries and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, Rick, you can answer too, but I would say yes. Um, I'd say partially why I joined cannabis three years ago, three and a half years ago from a you know big company was, you know, bringing in Rick's and Mike's and voices across technology, et cetera. You're shedding light onto the value of cannabis and Rick and Mike give real loud microphones for people to get educated um, on the value of cannabis. Like Rick said in wrestling, like, would it be more valuable for them to do marijuana, smoke weed at night to calm themselves down and to like, get a good night's sleep or do other shit? And the answer is going to be, weed would have been probably a, a safer route, right? And so I think Kevin Durant, you just saw um, on Letterman saying specifically that he was um, high on Letterman and that he loves cannabis, right? So I think all of the sports leagues are going to get more relaxed because these are non-addictive drugs. So I'll let Rick, sorry, I interrupted you. Rick, I think you wanted to no, say No, I was going to say, I, would just, I didn't want to, uh, I want to make sure that I'm clarifying that I was talking about how I used um um, Xanax and um, Ambien. I wasn't saying everybody did that, but my travel schedule in the 80s was second to none because of cross, not not, not just U.S. travel, but international travel. So mm. I relied on both a lot at night. Yeah, so I, I didn't mean to... I, I, wasn't with I wasn't labeling everybody in the business by any means, but for myself personally, um, I, didn't, I didn't overdo it, but I, I certainly used it. And now with the sleep aids available through cannabis, I don't, you know, I got off a bad habit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, no, I, I certainly didn't mean to paint with a broad brush. I know you're, you know, you have your own personal experience, but I, I feel it's, like it, it, it always gets, no matter when you talk, talk about something like this, you're, so you're always in a ruffle with somebody's feathers. So I just want to clarify that talking about my own personal use, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm aware of it in, a, in, in the athletics period, not just wrestling. Yeah. But from my own personal experience, I would have been taking edibles. If I even knew about that stuff 20, 25 years ago. Uh, I, I just got a, a fun email about you. Uh, you're launching your own comic book. You're, you're going to yeah. be in Orlando this weekend. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ric Flair, international super spy. Sounds like a fun concept. Uh, we're talking here about Tyson 2.0 and Wu Choose. Uh, there was always that, you know, kind of infamous story about Hulk Hogan and the George Foreman grill. Is there anything that you ever missed out on like that? A anything you kind of wish that you, you really got on board with that maybe you missed out for like a product placement? No, what, what I, uh, that, is, that is a true story about Hogan. That, mm -hmm. that, I can verify that. You know, Henry Holmes represented them both. They couldn't find Hulk. He was in Tokyo. So, um, no, for me personally, remember our Orion pictures? Yep. Years ago, right? So the guy from Orion came to see me. We just started wrestling in L.A. in the 80s with the NBA, WCW, uh, or, um, NWA, Crockett, right? And uh, 
and they had they had, had a role for me in a uh, in a movie like a James Bond type role, right? Which I you know in my in my mind back then I was <laughs> lived like it anyway, <laughs> and uh, but you know, they only paid me five hundred thousand dollars, and you know I would have had to lose the world title, go away, and then. You know, and I since now realized after making just making a commercial yesterday, it took um, nine, took uh, almost ten hours to shoot just a commercial. Mm -hmm. I, I think I always think that I miss that stuff that The Rock and Cena had, but I, I couldn't live that life. That six a.m. take, retake, retake, retake. I mean, I I tell the guy yesterday, I'm one take Nate, <laughs> unless you're Vince McMahon. <laughs> then I'll take as many takes as you want me to take. But no, I, I missed that then and thought I missed a big deal. But now I know I would. I'm not a cut. I'm not a cut out for that. I'm not cut out to go to bed at twelve o'clock at night and get up at six and spend an hour in the makeup chair. I'm not, I'm not, so I didn't miss out on anything. No, but I did have an opportunity. Do you do you remember the movie? What it was called or what it ended up being? Oh no, no, I have no idea. We never got that far along. They just saw me as, as being like, like really making the movie about me, like being a, a wrestler, mm -hmm. but an undercover agent. That makes sense. Travel around the world as a as a wrestler. Yeah. Well, love it all, love it all the ways. <laughs> <laughs> now you can tell that story in the comic book. Like James Bond. <laughs> yeah. Now you can tell the story in the comic book. Uh, you'll be it's, in Orlando at MegaCon. What what else you know? Do you want people to know about this? Again, the question for both of you: What do you want people to know about not only Tyson 2.0 but the partnership? You have the Ric Flair drip coming out. Wu choose what is uh, besides it? It's something that's non addictive and can help people in a variety of different ways. Like, what do you want people to know about the brand that we haven't really touched on? I'm going to qualify for me personally. This is to be the biggest venture I've ever been. This will be the biggest venture, but uh, wrestling. Bar none, this opportunity to work with Chad and Mike and that is the biggest opportunity I've ever had in my life. So, and I'm more excited about that than I have been a lot of things. I'm, I, and actually, I'm really looking forward to wrestling again and all that and having all that hoopla and all that, but to be working in, in with this Ric Flair drip and with Chad and Mike and is the most exciting part of my life right now. Yeah, that's just it. It's the biggest thing I've ever done. But I can say that for myself personally. I don't know about Chad, but it's just like sometimes you meet a guy who's so aggressive in business. I mean, it, sometimes, you know, that people are so aggressive, they're annoying. It's, but everything, I'm not, not talking about Chad, but that they, they come at you and then nothing over floats. Hey, I got an idea. Hey, come here. I got that. I mean, and then, then it goes on and on and on and on. From the day we shook hands, it's been a relationship. There's been nothing but positive for me. And I know it hasn't even begun. Sorry. Yeah, so, so all that, I agree with Rick. I mean, with both Mike and Rick, like I think what Tyson 2.0 is really cool with that um, I get to experience is like, it's a family business at this point. Like Rick, Rick to me is a family. Mike, I'm close with Mike, Kiki um, and Azim. I'm close with Rick and his team and Adam and Aristotle and everyone we work together on. It's like, we all get along. We're all having fun. And like Rick said, we're in the beginning phases. Like we're, we're, we, me and Rick met almost 10 weeks ago or nine, maybe three months ago. And we're about to launch the first product line for Rick. And that's just the beginning phases. So 
Um, it's exciting. It's fun. I get to watch how people react to them, which I think is probably the coolest part about it is like Rick and Mike give a lot of stories. People come and Francesca and Maria could have been a part of this too. It's like people come and tell their memories about the two of them. And you hear very deep stories about something, whether it's with a family member, et cetera. So I think for us, for me, Adam and Aristotle and other people, it's like, we're living a dream. So we get to hear all this cool stuff and things that you want to experience. So for us, um, that's been fun. And, um, and I think Rick and Mike are the two real people I've ever worked with. So it's, um, I love it. The brands, the brands, we, the brands are killing it. Um, and I think we'll be the, like Rick said, I think we are the biggest brand in the space and we'll continue to, um, continue to show dominance as we keep moving. So, um, that's what I'll leave it with, but, uh, from my side. All right. Uh, Thank you both for your time. Uh, Tyson20.com for uh, updates. You can shop now. Look forward to uh, seeing what happens with the Ric Flair drip drop. I'm practicing that watch. (laughs) 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 I watched enough guys do it. I think you got it. I think you got your, your form down. I've watched enough guys do it over the years. Wait, well, the next one is to be uh, on strange reviews with uh, Mike. Mike, yeah, I'm going to burn one with Mike. <laughs> That'll be YouTube for sure. There you go. Ric Flair drip drops soon. I, I didn't I stutter. <laughs> Uh, wheeling, dealing, blunt rolling. Yes, we got to come up with something there. Blunt smoking, son of a gun. <laughs> Woo! Um, Woo, sweet. There you go. Uh, I look forward to all of that. Uh, you know, as I said, Tyson 2-0. Uh, I look forward to seeing you back in the ring. That's, you know, some really exciting news. I hope to make it down there myself. Uh, Nashville in July at the Flairgrounds. Oh, I, Rick, I gotta take a picture of that. Do that again. Look how Rip Rick. That's pretty amazing. Seventy-three yeah. years old. Yeah, he he's saying he's not he's not co- he's not in good cosmetic Rick, shape. He's in it. better shape than me. No, I, I'm Thirty-seven. I am not lifting up my shirt in front of the girls. Rick, do it again. Give us give us another give us another uh, bicep curl. I, I am not showing the girls my, with my shirt off. <laughs> there you go. I won't take my shirt off for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right uh, not the same as they were in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, got rick, I got rick in the 80s yeah, right there yeah. if ricky looked like that <laughs> <laughs> there you go Woo! <laughs> <laughs>